Good morning and welcome to Breakfast with the Beak. I am your host, Johnny Goodtimes. Joining me once again is my sidekick. I'm Dr. Heisenberg, the strongest man in the apartment. Well, that's true. That's actually, I can't contest that. I, he's yeah. correct. He opened yeah. a jar one time. And I've been bragging ever since I opened up your jar of minced garlic. It could have been, you know, if it had even been like a manlier jar, I wouldn't feel so bad about it. Like, if it had been a jar of like flavorless, horrible pickles or, or, or something like that, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't feel so bad. But it was a jar of minced garlic that I was going to delicately saute in order to flavor something. And so it's like, yeah, that makes it bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Anyway. So, hey, I, uh, I was listening to. Uh, the latest episode of JV Mail. Oh, yes. And, uh, I, and I yeah, noticed something interesting. Earlier this week. And uh, we heard something really cool on there that I was not expecting. Um, you wanna, I, I brought the clip in. You want to just play the clip? I think I would like Start to play the clip. Cool. You eat breakfast, right? So why not enjoy your breakfast with the beak? That's right. Breakfast with the beak. Sundays on thebeak.org. Check out... What? I'm, I'm trying to record a promo, okay? Can you wait? I'll bet you in a minute. All right. Where was I? Check out Johnny Goodtimes and Dr. Heisenberg and sometimes Dr. Soxenberg as they discuss random topics on Breakfast with the Beak at thebeak.org. That was great. I believe that was a promo for us. That was awesome. And Dr. Soxenberg. Yeah, Jay wrote and performed his own promo for our show. Complete with getting interrupted by a cat. Which we love. We love cats. That happens here sometimes. That was perfect. Yeah. So thank you to Jay. And we, to that cat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to, to say we appreciate that. It was awesome. Yeah. And uh, listen to uh, uh, JV and uh, his sidekick, Br- uh, Brady. Brady. Brady, yes. I believe. Yeah. And uh, on J, that's J-A-Y, the letter V, mm-hmm. mail, uh, dot com. That sounds right. Yeah, it's a good joke. They answer, see, you know how we uh, talk about topics that people send in? They answer questions that, that their fans send in. Yeah. It's, it's a fun show. So, yeah. Yeah. Check that out. And that's a, that's our promo for JV Mail. That is. Yeah. yeah. Go listen to it. Yeah. I don't know if it goes out the same day or not, but whatever. Go check it out. Yeah. I mean, it has to happen eventually, and once it does, you'll be there. Yeah. You'll call yourself an early adopter. You'll be proud. Yeah. So, make that happen, America. Boom. Yeah. JV Mail. All right. And speaking of uh, topics, I think this week we might not actually uh, be rolling one. Okay. Because, uh, Mm. now you'll recall a couple weeks ago. Sure. As Hurricane Irene was kind of pounding the city. I remember. Yeah, we received right before the hurricane a very time-sensitive topic asking us what we would do about the chuds and all that. Sure, yeah. The, the, yeah, I remember. I'm I'm eating a biscuit, so continue. Well, with that topic, we received a second, equally time-sensitive topic. A topic that only works today. Today, Today's the 10th anniversary of uh, the 9-11 terrorist attack. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, cheer up, America. That's a, that's a touchy subject here. We usually talk about silly things, like Star Trek. Well, this topic is very silly. Okay. Because this topic is Homer Simpson's trip to New York. Mmm, okay. Alright. I see where we're going with this. Yes. The 1997 episode... In which Homer's car was was stolen by Barney and illegally parked at one World Trade Center plaza for a few months, and he had to right. come rescue it. Back in back in 1997, when that meant nothing. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. I just realized what uh, what uh, this was. What Christie in Connecticut, right? This was also Christie in Connecticut. Yes. I just realized what Christie's plan here is. 
Because that's the episode where Homer doesn't want to go to New York at the beginning because of the chuds. Every topic Christy sends in is chud-related. I'm completely okay with that. Yeah, me too. I'm just curious what's going to come next. From now on, anytime she sends a topic in, I'm going to spend the whole time just looking for the chud connection. Okay, one, the chud connection sounds like a wonderful detective movie. Well, that, or or it's like uh, like an all-chud version of uh, the Muppet movie. Yeah. You know, where they're like, Chud Kermit the Frog sings like, Someday we'll find it, the Chud Connection. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm less enthusiastic about that. <laughs> I'm less enthusiastic about that. Uh, but, you know, if that's what has to happen, you know, I'm ready. Yeah. The point is, I'm ready for as many Chud topics as it takes. You know, and, uh... Yeah. Well, whatever. (laughs) The point is, in 1997, Homer Simpson came to New York to rescue his car while his family went sightseeing. Right. And like any typical, you know, Simpsons Simpsons going somewhere... Blank. Yeah. Yeah. They just, you know, spend 20 minutes doing jokes about wherever they go. Yeah, and gently, but firmly making fun of it. Yeah, it's generally, like, slightly offensive, you know. Yeah. But, but, like, they go to Australia and the Prime Minister is a nudist kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. crazy shit. Yeah, yeah it's just silly, funny stuff. Yeah. I don't remember. Is that true? I don't remember. And it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, no, that was the, that was in the Australia episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was just some guy sitting by a lake. Point being, <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, clearly it was the Simpsons writers trying to use up a lot of their New York jokes because Futurama didn't exist yet, and so... Oh, yeah, they just had them lying around. Yeah, it's like... Boy, the Simpsons have to go to New York at some point because I thought of something really funny that could happen there. Yeah, and, and the Simpsons don't even live in any other real town you can make fun of. It's, yeah, it, they don't even live in a real state you can make fun of. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not like in King of the Hill where you can use up a million Texas jokes. Indeed they have. Yeah. <laughs> there are real German tourist towns in Texas where they really do make lawn gnomes. It's amazing. Mike Judge you know, was a genius in that he, he found an area that was underused in you know most sitcoms. And just milk the hell out of it. Indeed. I mean, and he, he himself is from Texas, uh, sort of an Austin fixture for many years. Yeah, he wasn't writing out of his ass. Whereas the Simpsons, by living in sort of the archetype of the American uh, suburb... Had to keep it generalized. Had to keep it general. I mean, yeah, you can kind of work some general big city jokes in about Capital City and whatnot, but no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, no, you, to do New York jokes, you need... New, you need New York fucking, fucking New York. city. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, and so the Simpsons went there, Homer rescued his car, they got home, all was well, and then four years later, something terrible happened in the exact spot where that episode takes place. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it got taken out of the syndication rotation for quite a while. After it that. was gone for a couple of years, I think. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was a while before I saw that one again. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's not a small thing, because Simpsons fans, being... Beautiful and insane people remember every little thing that happens. Right. And this episode contained a couple pieces of mythology that were just lost to us for a few years. First appearance of Duffman. Also, a first appearance of Jimmy. I really think that was the only appearance of Jimmy. Well, it shouldn't be. Yeah, because at the end of the episode, you're the, a big uh, Jimmy fan. I'm a huge Jimmy fan. The the end of the episode, Homer uh, rescues Marge and the family from a horse-drawn uh, carriage in, in Central Park. Storms away in the car, and the driver waves to them and says, Tell your friends to ask for Jimmy. And yeah. for whatever reason, for no reason, <laughs> I think that line is very amusing. 
I well, shouted at inopportune times. That's one of those things, yeah, just lodges in Johnny's brain and he just throws it out. Yeah, and if, everyone... if he had kids, he would just say it to, like, his kids as they were going out with their friends, like, when they were 15. Yeah. Tell your friends to ask for Jimmy. God, Dad, you're so weird. And you don't understand what is important in our culture and The Simpsons and fucking kids. Oh, you kids wouldn't even watch The Simpsons. They'd be, I don't know, yeah, being no. experimented on in the basement. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why we don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, not together, I mean either of us. Well, now it's weird. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, to move the fuck on, the point is that, yeah... You know, Jimmy had a, had a dream. He was from Maine, apparently, based on the accent. Mm-hmm. He had a dream. He loved horses, but he also wanted to live in the big city. And he found his place. He found his American dream. That's you know? what's uh, great about New York. Yeah. And people come from everywhere, and they just find shit to do. And then, you know, they, people were worried that the episode was offensive or something, and it's not that bad. And then we didn't get to hear Jimmy's story for a few years. Yeah, it's it's. There's nothing actually bad in the episode itself. Well, there's one thing, but well, yeah, but I mean, it was meant harmlessly enough, you know. But, yeah, but when they say they put all the jerks in Tower One, it's like now that's horrifying. That's really disturbing now. But yeah, back then it was it was harmless. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like. People just didn't really want to think about that. Yeah. Like, even in a fun way, it, like, it wasn't cathartic. It was kind of like, to actually sit through it in, say, 2002, just would have kind of made you cringe. Yeah. So that's, that's you know, I think that's why, anyway. I assume that must be why. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, they, there's that, that sort of pattern after something, any horrible thing happens, any previous uh, jokes about the people involved or whatever suddenly become very frightening and offensive. Mystery Science Theater, for many years, had a very long-running joke about Uh the general stupidity and incompetence of JFK Jr. Right, right, right. Who then stupidly and incompetently crashed his plane. (laughs) He did, and then... But, oh, that's not funny when he dies, even though it was hilarious, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, so that that joke got really awkward, and they, they stopped making... The JFK Jr. jokes. Yeah, they on, stopped. On MST3K. So, yeah. That kind of thing happens. The thing is, these are, you know, lighthearted comedy programs that you yeah. want people to just... You know, you get home from work and you're dealing with your shitty life or your shitty family or whatever in your life is shitty. And you want to watch something that's going to make you smile, not something that's going to make you cringe. Yeah. And be... Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Like, if you, if you can't handle it... Well, for those... For those particular shows, though, yeah, I mean, there are plenty of other shows that can make you cringe and think and, you know, murder or dirty fluids or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's whole shows about weird fluids that people leave places and that you yeah. can see with a, a black light and stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, watch one of those. I cringe at mostly the acting, but the show sometimes, you know? And, uh... <laughs> are you accusing Ice-T of lacking range? I think I might be. Okay. I'm not going to tell him to come get me, because I think he would, but... Yeah, no. I like Ice-T. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting paid. Yeah. That's what I liked him in Tank Girl when he played the Kangaroo Man. (laughs) That was a fun movie. Lori Petty. You and these movies, Star Trek V and now Tank Girl. (laughs) Okay, you know, I'm just going to let this all slide. Tank Girl was a fun movie. She had, like, a big fucking tank. 
<laughs> That's sort of the central premise. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm McDowell in it as the villain. Come on. Malcolm McDowell is a man with a crazy invisible head, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a holographic head. Okay, an insubstantial head, yes. not an invisible head. Yeah. <laughs> an incorporeal head. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was like an electric head. Electric head sounds like a, um, like a Jefferson Airplane album. Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually a little surprised that it's not. <laughs> no, yeah, you're like I. You just blew my mind. Well, yeah. If Grace Slick hadn't have died when she did, it yeah. probably would be Grace Slick. No, Grace no. Slick didn't die. Grace Slick kept on living for quite a while. Who's the lead singer of Jefferson Airplane? Grace Slick. They just stopped being good. They didn't. It wasn't like they. They were, and then they became Jefferson Star. Pause it because I'm going to hell this. Oh, okay, I just pulled it up on my phone on Wikipedia, and holy shit, Grace Stick is still alive! Yeah, I told you, or something, yeah. or I, I I, got closer without going over. By Grace's right rules, I'm right. You certainly did. So. Grace Slick is still with us, so she, she was born in 1939. Now I'm just reading Wikipedia on my phone, so that's boring. Yeah. I was probably thinking of Joplin. You almost certainly were. Yeah, alright, well... Of course, not in that band. No, not at all, but... Yeah, Point being, I caught still a similar have, time. We still have, in theory... The hope of getting electric head. That raises more questions. I probably is... shouldn't have phrased it that way. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said, I would like to get electric head, because that would probably hurt and I suck would, and be horrible. I would be curious about getting some electric head from Grace Slick. Well, that's all you. That's yeah. all you, buddy. You, you, you go get what you gotta get. I'll wait here and don't tell me about it. That's fair. Yeah. So. Okay. Um... So see, it's not all bad, you know. Grace Lick's alive. No, no, life is good. Life yeah. continues. Watch, she fucking dies in between the time that we record this and the time we post it. That would just be very embarrassing and worse for her. And that would be an incredible example of things that were funny once. Right, exactly. Just if, biting you in the ass. Yeah, I mean, if, if Grace Slick dies, you know, tragically, no one's going to want to listen to episode 25 of Breakfast of the Beak ever again. Yeah, it's just going to be a bummer. Yeah. Like the time I killed Charles Nelson Riley with my mind. <laughs> Wait, that's... Yeah, you're not setting up a bit. That happened. That did happen. Right. Tell that, that story. Happen. That's a funny story. Tell that. I was uh, I was visiting some relatives for my cousin's wedding, uh-huh. you know, and my whole family's there, and I'm sitting around with my dad, uh-huh. and I say to him, I, just for no reason, we're talking about like old comedians or something, and I just suddenly say, wait a minute, is Charles Nelson Riley still alive or not? And he's like, you know, I have no idea. A couple days later, I'm back home... Um, you know, catching up on all the news and stuff I missed while I was on my little trip. And indeed, I see an obituary for Charles Nelson Riley, uh-huh. which, when I checked the time on it, he died literally while we were having that conversation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Apologies in advance to the family of Grace Slick. I'm, yeah. Yeah, so what if it happens again? What if this is my gift and my curse? Um, get this man a banjo! Yeah, well, okay, well, that that's a different curse. I, I'm hoping that curse might uh, dull the uh, effects of the other curse, you know. Just remember, I have no idea what Rick Perry is doing right now. Ooh, that's good. What would Rick... Is Rick Perry still alive? Fuck, no, deep down I know he is, and it won't work if I know. Shit! <laughs> Shit! Okay, oh, well, all ah, right. Fuck. <laughs>
Well, whatever. Sorry, America. Couldn't save you this time. Yeah, well. You know what? This whole thing, you know, like, I'm... I, you know, I'm killing people, and, like, terrorists are killing people. This is a fucking bummer. Yeah. You know what? Fuck it. Topic over. New topic. Can vampires survive in space? Not, like, exposed. Not out without a spaceship. Duh. Of course not. They'd freeze. But, like, what happens to a vampire on a spaceship? New topic. Oh. Um... That well, that raises a few questions, actually. I mean, I, your question raises questions because vampire lore in general doesn't really address particle physics, and it would really have to. I mean, if there were real vampires, especially if it's like a true blood situation where they're living openly and people know about them, uh-huh. why is there no research going on? I mean, and even if the vampires have like a vested interest in keeping their secrets, they can't be universal across all vampires. There must be one or two intellectually curious vampires, you know, vampires who knew Ben Franklin or something, right? You know, and uh, I mean, there are stories, you know, or you know, books about yeah. um, you know certain vampires kind of testing their limits. Yeah. You know, well, what if I go out in the sun for a second? Right? You go first, that kind of thing. Hell, there must be suicidal vampires willing to submit to the test just on the off chance they get killed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Anne Rice had tons of suicidal vampires. That's like a central trope, the vampire who's looking for death. And, I mean, yeah, he could just go out in the sun or stick a stake in himself or whatever, I guess. But why not advance scientific understanding before you do, you know? Yeah, sure. It's, it's like the vampire equivalent of being an organ donor. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't that, that has to happen in vampire universes. I mean, the, the you know, the rules aren't always consistent. Some vampires go out into the sun... And immediately burst into flames. Yeah, or some, they, they crackle and get crispy, and some can just go out. Right, yeah, and, and being human, they just go out. The, the guy has a day job. You know, he's a nurse. Doesn't, so doesn't even a, sparkle. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. He's just pale. So yeah. there's that side of the spectrum. Yeah. And then there, there are some where it, it gets a little... There's leeway. Like, I, I remember there was an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where, like, Spike had to get a message to somebody. Yeah. So he was like... You know, he ran out with a coat over his head, and he was like, ow, 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 let me in. And then he made it, you know, he was slightly singed, and I guess the coat over his head was enough to keep him from immolating, but... What if it was a thicker coat? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's... In most vampire tropes, it doesn't seem to be, like, the time of day. Some go into sort of a hibernating state. Yeah. But maybe that's just when it's sleepy time. Yeah, like, some of them definitely do experience just, like... The need to get back in their coffin after a certain amount of time up and about. Well, Count Dracula generally like to retire to his coffin. Yeah, but you know, or wherever they sleep. It, it, it's not that's not important. Yeah, but there are there are plenty of vampire examples of them kind of just hanging around in like a dank house or like a basement. Yeah, you get you get somewhere where the the light can't get to you. Yeah, and hey, you can stay up all day, whatever. And it's not it's not the image of the sun itself. Because there's plenty of examples of vampires watching TV. Yeah, you can look at the sun on TV all day. Right. So, if you were on, like, a starship with a view screen... Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, basically, when they're looking at that view screen on, say, Star Trek, for example... Yeah. They're not looking out a window. They're looking at a, you know, basically a camera that's mounted on the hull. I, I imagine that's how they'd have to do it. So that's got to be perfectly safe. Yeah. At the same time, the shuttles... You wouldn't want the shuttles to have windows. Although, you know... Spacecraft that we have set up, they by and large do have windows. Yeah. Yeah, but there there's no atmosphere to protect us from the sun's rays in space. You're getting 
the raw, blast you in the face, burn your eyes out, cook you alive, radiation of the sun when you're out there. Right, that's the so thing. So that is some extremely fancy glass they've got up there. Yeah. I mean, apart from withstanding a vacuum, it also is uh, filtering the, the light enough that it's not uh, blinding and cooking the astronauts. Right, because even for humans to go into space, yeah, yeah, you need radiation shielding. Yeah, like when when they were on when they were landing on the moon, they were landing on the light side of the moon, which meant all the spacesuits had to have these cooling systems in them, mm-hmm. because again, astronauts being blinded and cooked. Yeah, totally. But like that glass that filters the light for them, you know, what if would that would that glass be enough to protect a vampire? I mean, would the sun coming through that would that be enough to hurt them or not? I mean, we've seen movies where vampires, with, with of course, the atmosphere protecting them, will get burned by the sun through a closed window. Yeah. So... So regular glass ain't gonna do it. Yeah, no. Yeah. And, and you're right. We don't think about this, you know, being... Spending our whole lives on Earth, but the atmosphere does cut down on a lot of the, you know, just... Yeah. The, the, the radiation and just the, you know, photonic packets shooting down on us. We get a small fraction of the light that actually hits the outer atmosphere of the Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, maybe being out there I and mean, maybe having the, the 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 more intense light, you know, that'd be enough to to really fuck up a vampire's day. Oh yeah. But, but, but that the glass from the space shuttle. Uh huh. Some vampire down on Earth made his windows out of that. Would that be enough to protect him? Oh. And if so, wouldn't there be a huge market for that? No. In the vampire community, I mean, it would still be expensive, but you've got a lot of time to save the money. So. Right. Well, the thing about windows is that they're, you know, they're transparent in such a way that, you know, most of the light just comes in, it passes right through the pane of glass. Mm -hmm. It's still light that's bouncing off, because if light wasn't getting in during the day, it wouldn't bounce off the walls and the refrigerator and everything to let us see them. Exactly. So, if you, I, I can only imagine space shuttle glass on Earth. Might just not let any light in. Probably really, really dim and only function as windows under that extra powerful, you know, space radiation. So, yeah, those windows might be no better than just having a full-on wall. Kind of a shame because it would be really cool to just see vampires out and about during the day wearing spacesuits. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, just, oh, hey, what's up, spacesuit guy? Yeah. Yeah. Who's the guy in the spacesuit? Oh, it's a vampire. That's yeah. a vampstronaut. Amstronaut. Dude, I'd be so into that. Oh my god. <laughs> that's a terrible name. Well, that's not the point. It's, it's probably what we'd call them. <laughs> it's what I'd call them. Unless that was like offensive. If, they, if like a vampire sat me down and was like, don't do not do that, I'd be like, oh, sorry, buddy. Yeah. 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 Right. But yeah, I mean, surely there, there, there must be, you know... Some vampire interviews, and, and let's hypothetically let, let's say that this is a uh, uh, a story, a universe in which they don't just have to stay out of the sun; they actually get sleepy after a certain amount of time up. They've got to go to bed or coffin or whatever. Well, who doesn't? Well, exactly. Yeah. Like, how long would a vampire in space stay synced up to the the twenty four hour cycle on Earth? What if they landed on another planet where the the days and nights are like twice as long? So they've got twice as much out and about time, but also twice as much time they got to stay hold up. You know, would would their uh, instinctual, this is a good time for me to get the fuck out of the sun cycle, just completely screw them over on such a planet? That's a fair question. I mean, I, I think we can extrapolate from, uh, you know, some nocturnal, uh, some other nocturnal bloodsuckers here on Earth. Uh, they found that uh, bedbugs 
when they're they're feeding off of a host that uh, has their sleep cycle flipped. Yeah. You know, like someone who works the night shift, yeah. they come home. You find the bed bugs, even though they're naturally nocturnal, will come out during the day hmm. to, to feed off the human. So, on the other hand, bed bugs don't burn up in the sun, so that's where the analogy falls apart. You know what? I think it'll be okay to, you know, rerun all the, you know, jokes that became sad after 9-11. All right, when? Is, is when... Let's, let, hell, what the hell? Let's go back to this well. Is when the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan get their own mash. Afghanimash. Afghan... Sure. Afghanimash. That's that, a terrible that, title. That's not that's bad, That's worse than Vamstronauts. It is worse than Vamstronauts, but it flows a little better. It kind of yeah. rolls off the tongue. Yeah. But, yeah, the, these wars have been going on, you know, for ten years now, almost. Not... They didn't start on 9-11, but... Well, yeah, but we, It's been close to well. ten years. Yeah, it's been yeah. over nine. And we haven't... Now, I don't know. Do you know off the top of your head how long after Korea MASH came out? Quite a while, quite 10, a while. 15 years, maybe? Closer to 20, closer to Closer 20. to 20, so, yeah. Well, not, we... not MASH the movie, that was probably closer to 15. It was a, it was a pretty long time. I mean, MASH is a, it's a dark show. Yeah. As funny as it is, it's grim and, you know, very realistic. People yeah, are they're... dying all the time and, yeah, you know, any slowly given... drives Alan Alda nuts. Yeah, I know. We come in, they're wisecracking while, while working that bone saw, you know? Yeah, yeah, and when Henry's helicopter, you know, gets yeah. shot down... In that one season finale, that is really grim. Yeah, it's like, oh right, it's still a war. Yeah, but the thing is, Mash was cathartic in the right way. Yeah, you know, it kind of. To be fair, it's not like Mash wasn't really speaking to people traumatized by Korea. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. But for a society at large mm-hmm. that was coming to terms with things far after the fact, whenever you know you couldn't really make yeah. amends, it was too late. You know, I think Mash helped with that. I mean. MASH was largely, from its inception, commentary on Vietnam, of course. Yeah, that's, you know... So, I mean, I guess we're going to maybe get an Afghanistan show about Libya, or Yemen, or whoever, whatever's next. I think Libya's taking care of itself. Well, yeah. Yeah, they got staple Face Steve on the run. Yeah, but who knows, we might just shack up there for another ten years and forget about that, too. Well, you know. Yeah. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, no, so keep an eye out for Afghanimash. If, if there was... Terrible. That's the worst title really, of an aftermatch. It really is. I am, like, ashamed I thought of that. And if, I'm, I'm ashamed of so little, but I'm ashamed of that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if, you know, if there was a, an, an alternate, you know, MASH storyline with monsters, like, it, it really, if you mixed MASH with being human, like, Alan Alda became, a, like, a vampire, and, um, you know, Trapper John became, like, a werewolf, and then Hot Lips died and was a ghost, and you could call it Monster Mash. I was so afraid that's what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and it's what you said. Yeah. You said Monster Mash. Yeah, Monster Mash. Monster Mash. That's... Yeah. As titles go, that's not worse than Afghanimash, because at least, A, there's some precedent for the combination of those two words. Yeah. You know, in on Earth, that's happened before. Right. And that is a... More or less accurate description of what's happening on that show. <laughs> Mash with monsters. Yeah, exactly. But Monster Mash. Jesus Christ. It That's mostly just... sounds like a really dumb, like, one minute, 30 second long robot chicken sketch. That's exactly what it sounds like. I'm it's... surprised it's not a robot chicken sketch. No. Uh, yeah, I'm actually a little shocked that they've never done that. Yeah. That's more shocking than Electric Head. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is a day of blown minds. Yeah. So... Just America's uh, creative class 
Mm-hmm. We've given you a lot of material today. Hey, did you know Rick Perry hates old people? I'd heard that. Yeah, that's, I'd what, heard that's that. what Michelle yeah. Bachman said. Because yeah. he said that uh, Social Security is a Ponzi scheme, which means he doesn't value our, our nation's senior citizens and he hates old people. So, uh, Well, I mean, I'm sure that's... That, I'm sure that's true. I'm sure he does. But. Yeah, well, that's just Tea Party logic. Yeah. And you know who likes voting Republican is old people. Old people so, love it, yeah, no. Hey, yeah, keep the government away from my Social Security, as the Tea Party says. Yeah, uh-huh. except Rick Perry once, you know, says it's a Ponzi scheme that must be destroyed. So when you go to the voting booth uh, in the primaries, um, Republican senior citizens, just remember, Rick Perry hates you. Don't vote for him. Rick Perry wants you to eat and eventually be cat food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Don't vote Rick Perry. Whatever yeah. you do, because we care about our cats more than that. <laughs> we want to feed them. We want to feed them the good food, not made of people. <laughs> Steady diet of beef and fish. Yeah. So for our cats, yeah, our cats want non-people meat. Yeah. So occasionally waffles. Yeah. Yeah. And that that we. Well, they just kind of jump on the waffles, and they're like nibble, nibble, nibble. You know. So what are we gonna? We can't stop them. I mean. Sure. Yeah. I guess we could stop them, but it's so cute. It is adorable. So we're not going <laughs> to. Yeah. All right. Point is, yeah, save our cats by not voting for Rick Perry. Who hates old people. Yeah. And, and cats. By extension, cats. Rick Perry hates yeah. cats. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Perry does not like kitties. That's reason enough not to vote for Yeah, him. fucking start that meme, America. Yeah. yeah. You know, get some pictures of cute kitties. Talking about how Rick Perry doesn't like him. And he's <laughs> like, picture of a sad cat. Why you no like me, Rick Perry? You know, hey, brilliant. Hey, all right. The internet's going crazy for it. Uh, You're welcome, Mitt Romney. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really want to be helping him out either. But what? <laughs> Beside the point. Beside the point. The point is, kitties are awesome. That's the real lesson of, of America's War on Terror. Okay. It's the real lesson of everything. Kitties are awesome. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Those are the two lessons. Kitties are awesome and fuck you. <laughs> Enjoy your breakfast. Okay. <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs>